So, Jen, last night we watched The Boston Strangler. Nice. How was it? On Hulu. It was, it was good. I liked I, it. I really liked it. It was a... Obviously, we all have interest in it because it's a local story mm. for us, and I had no idea the movie was being made. Kira Knightley's she's really good in it, and real it's a really different, I think, kind of a different role for her. Hmm. But uh, I thought she was really good. Nice. I haven't seen her in anything in a while. Yeah, but definitely just had that historical biopic. Seemed to be very accurate too, from what we were checking. I, well, it was interesting that it said inspired by a true huh. story, where I, and there's all kinds of different definitions when it says inspired right, yeah. by versus based on and stuff. So it seemed to when we started looking up stuff as we were watching it, adhered to it. But maybe I'm, I'm sure parts of it. It definitely implied something a little bit different than what most people conclude the case, like how how they solved it, but. Thought it was a good take on it. Really, yeah. I don't know much about the Boston Strangler. Like I yeah, know well, the name, the obviously, thing, but I don't really remember. I, I remember the when it, whatever the big trial or the, whatever it was 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 around 1969. But like this, um, the movie started like the the murder started back in like 1962 or mm. something like that. So wow. it was like it spanned a lot more time and started a lot earlier than I, you know, from I don't know a ton about it. But how many um, how many victims were there? It was like like, like twelve, yeah, it was twelve or thirteen. Wow, and it went so, on that long, huh? Yeah, mm. It was crazy, but anyway, definitely worth a watch. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about Lockwood and Co. The new, well, relatively new, came mm. out late January. Uh, Netflix sort of supernatural adventure action show. I've been anticipating this one. I think Jen has too for a long time. I discovered the book series Lockwood and Co. about four or five years ago, and it's like I love it. It's up there for me with like the kind of sort of post-millennium classics of YA, like Potter or Hunger Games. Mm. To me, it's right up there with those as far as just how great I think the book series is. So was hotly anticipating this show coming out. Well, you guys have read the book, so we should start with you. So the principal cast, the principal characters are, are Lucy Carlyle. Anthony Lockwood and George Karim. They're the these three kids that work for Lockwood's ghost hunting agency. We're in a we're in an alternative London in which there's been this just sort of massive outbreak of ghosts coming back and troubling people and it's become sort of like an epidemic that's been plaguing this version of London for the last fifty ish years. And so kids can see ghosts. So kids have been enlisted in these what they call psychical investigation agencies to be able to sort of combat ghosts. They find the source of the ghost. They fight it off with with swords and all kinds of various weaponry and stuff like that and then trap the ghosts and then that's how things get put right and then they move on to the next. So there's a whole array of these competing agencies around London. There's two big agencies and then other competing ones and they're just a small sort of upstart that doesn't have any adult supervision and it's just sort of how they get wrapped up and there's obviously the implication of this bigger kind of not conspiracy if you will but just some sort of bigger weighty reason for why this is all happening i also read the book series it was a page turner i finished them in no time the plot was amazing the characters were dynamic it was humorous and light and then a little scary and intense at times it was fantastically written very very big fan of it and also anticipated the show starting i uh, could not wait for lockwood and go to come out to be honest and i think that again like ron said one of the better adaptations 
from a series to TV. Fantastic. Everything was pretty much what I expected and how I pictured it. Yeah, I'd say overall, like, just, yeah, right off the bat, a tremendous adaption of a book series. Uh, you know, we've seen tons of them. Some of them are done very pretty well. Some of them are okay. This is definitely one of the better ones I've ever seen. Are there some changes from the books? Yes. I think it's really a great, well, at least for me as kind of an aspiring author, etc., a great study in, in the choices that are made from coming from the page where you have all that space and time in the narrative to making something work in a narrative format of a TV show. And, you know, what do you do to condense things and like add tension and make things kind of, kind of just sort of unfold in a, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, in a quicker time format, you, you know, being in this case, eight episode television series that covers the first two books in the series. So I thought just overall great. Love the, the principal cast. Love a lot of interesting people were changed, you know, are a little bit different than they were in the books. But I think in, in some great ways, we'll talk about it like Pamela Joplin for one. I thought just the fact that it's a it's a guy. I can't even remember the guy's name in the book, in the in the series. It's a woman. And I just think that was a very interesting choice that made it made her, that character much more impactful and not just kind of a standalone villain. That's just one example of a character but cam what's your reaction to just seeing the show uh i loved it and i think the fact that it is not only a book adaption but a very good book adaption worked uh in its favor in a lot of ways it didn't have a lot of the pitfalls of original ya or teenage kind of series where it's like super expository and there's a lot of uh, like obvious dialogue and maybe it's like hammy or kind of over the top this one just felt a little bit different and more natural and more care was put into it so overall i loved it but i feel like at the same time i could there were definitely times where i could see where it was being adapted because like some some of the dialogue you could tell was lifted straight from the novels but then i almost felt that i could pick out which dialogue was added for the show because it was a little bit like snappier and and a little bit less prosy uh dialogue whereas there was some stuff that i could tell was maybe a little bit like verbose uh, i guess i i also found myself i rewatched it a few of the episodes i rewatched the entire series twice but i rewatched some of the episodes like three times because I kept finding myself like there were so there's so much new lore and information, especially in the when they get to the second section, which is based off I guess the second book. Mm-hmm. Like I had to watch that intro to that. Uh, I think it was probably the fourth episode a whole bunch of times just to get like okay, why are they going to the graveyard and who are these other? What is this other group of ghost hunters and how are they different from what Lockwood and Co does? And then the big thing for me was I would have liked to see. A little bit more of the world around them because it presents itself as if it's like a normal world just with ghosts but then there's one point where they say oh you can't you got to watch out for the relic hunters because they'll kill you and i'm like there seems to be some element of like dystopianness to the to the um because because like obviously the kids are being put in these deathly situations but then there's also these murderous relic people that that run around so uh, there was def- I wanted to watch each episode a bunch of times just so I could make sure I was getting all of that information because a lot of it was through dialogue, which, you know, sometimes I can 
be distracted by the visuals or something and not even register what someone is saying. So I had to watch it a couple of times. But in that way, I just think because the dialogue was so good and it did a great job world building and everything, it was fun to watch over and over again. And I love the characters and the, the actors portraying them and uh, the the plots of the two adaptions were really interesting. So I might have to go back and read those books at some point. I would recommend it. <laughs> They're I, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, Kim, with some of that. I also noted, too, which I'm sure Ron will agree, that after reading the books, they seemed a little lighter and a little more YA, Mm. and the series presented itself to be much more mature, a little scarier, a little more intense. Mm -hmm. Um, One notable difference was the skull in the books was humorous. He was snarky. He was condescending, but quirky and Hmm. funny, and they had a lot of dialogue between him and Lucy, that was, you know, kind of off the cuff and funny. And then he was pretty evil. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think going back to, uh, and, and reading the books, I think he was a little more evil at the beginning. And I think where I think I had the same reaction as you, but I think I was remembering some of the later books. But yeah, that's a difference. And, and yes, there's a, there's a few just sort of nods to the presentation of these adolescents, you know, they have a couple of drinks and a couple of beers. There's obviously swearing. <laughs> yeah, the language is not, not, beefed up a little bit. Language is beefed up in the books, but I thought it was good. It was not over the top. Mm. I think it would just will make it more relatable. Uh, it makes it more relatable as a TV show. Yeah, the cast was excellent. The principals, especially Ruby Stokes, who, I don't know, did you watch Bridgerton? Jen, obviously that that's not my my kind of show, but I guess she came from that. Cameron Chapman, I guess, is a new, totally new, and Ali Haji Heshmati, I think he may have done some stuff before, but Principal Cast was great. There's a couple of people in this that I've seen in other places. Uh, ben Crompton, who plays Julius Winkman, who was very great and very evil. He's somebody from Game of Thrones. I can't remember who, but he was definitely somebody in Game of Thrones. He's very familiar. We've definitely yeah. seen him in some other other projects. The guy who plays Quill Kipps. I've seen him. His character was fantastic too. Mm, the yeah, bravado and, and yeah. the then the sensitive side, and then seeing yeah, him being I liked vulnerable. his redemption. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And he gets played more uh, in the books as kind of a, like a, a little bit more of a stiff stickler kind of guy, and, and just the fact that they had a moment where he actually almost displays a little bit of interest in Lucy Carlyle. Mm. Yeah, I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's definitely something that wasn't in the books. Kim, you talked about the world building. One of the things I think that was highlighted at various times didn't pick up on as easily in the books. I remember one of the first things, Jen, you and I talked about when we were both reading the books was, when does this take place? When does this mm. take place? Because it like feel of being contemporary, but not contemporary. Right, yeah definitely technology that they have and they don't have there's no cell phones there wasn't a lot of visible computer or Mm. internet although they did refer to technology it definitely seems like in the show that they very much established that it is taking place you know relatively contemporarily you know they looked at sort of different institutions and different things happening in the 80s and the 70s where that was a lot more obscure in the book and i guess the idea is that because they've been plagued by this sort of ghost infestation that mm. it's affected how things it's have developed progress, economically yeah. and techno- technologically. And so some things are up to date comparable to where we are and some things are very, you know, very much behind. And so I think that's, that's kind of an interesting thing that they portray visually in the show. There and, was something in the intro 
that showed a pile of like computers. Mm. Basically, like they were throwing them away. Mm. So I think that that had that was like your huh. nod to thinking that you know they didn't really develop technology because of the problem. As right. They call it. Yeah. Like I said, I, I thought the world building was very good overall. Although I I just felt like there was so much, especially in the second half of the show. Where they where there are all these different teams and competing, they're competing, and then there's the pr- whole process of research and figuring out the haunting and everything else. So I, I had to kind of stop and go back and make sure I was picking up everything. And there's definitely an element of danger. Ghosts can hurt you; they can actually kill you. And if you are ghost touched, you go into like a coma-like state, and you can't be reached. Um, I think that was actually in the in the show was very powerful scene when they had, I think it was Lucy stumbled into the hospital room mm. and she opened the door and it was... Yeah, that was freaky. Like a hundred ghost-touched agents that were just locked and like with that milky eye stare, <laughs> it was, I thought that was one of the creepiest things I saw in the show that was very well done and it was a little terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting on how some elements of the of the book, like about being ghost-locked or whatever, they, they kind of really expanded upon in the show looking at some structural things i found interesting and interesting in in comparing you know the show to the books so the opening of the book and the show starts out with you know you you jump right into this not jump right into this but it starts off with kind of an action scene kind of lucy and lockwood in kind of character and doing their thing and then it flashes back to how lucy got here Uh, and that's and that's identical to the way the book handles the opening of the story but what I thought what was really interesting was the choices they made in Lucy's flashback to her life before coming to London. In the book series, it focused mostly on her and her family, and she had sisters, like a bunch of sisters, and you know her relationship with her dad and just how she developed her talent and went to work for, I can't remember the name of the agency in her hometown that she worked for. But in, so that sort of plot arc followed the same way it did in the books, but it was interesting in the show they didn't make any mention of her having any siblings and almost portrayed her as an only child but did focus on her friends that she made at the agency when she first started working and her one friend nori in particular and that was a brand new character that was introduced in the show and giving her more of kind of a motivation for what she did and why she did it why she came to london why she was so motivated to, to run away and start a new life, etc. I thought that was really that was a really good example of something that was added in the show that wasn't in the books that um, you know then propels her throughout uh, her adventures. Well, uh, you mentioned earlier that one of the character is the um, older like research woman there. I forget her name. Was that a new character or a change from the books yeah so I, i'm pretty sure the name his name's still joplin but it was a it was a it was a guy in the books and hmm. it was just old this older crusty you know researcher guy who hmm. ends up getting you know compromised and becomes you know and gets taken over and becomes villainous and i just think this emphasized the relationship between her and george and how it kind of came together and almost how really get into how kind of how she uh manipulated mm. george in a in a really different way it was just wasn't handled the same way in the book and i thought that was just really interesting how they changed that up i i think changing the gender of the character it really showed an infatuation that george had mm. with her and mm-hmm. that made it, the storyline a little more believable that he really got swept up in 
the research and everything that he kind of like looked up to her, maybe had a little bit of a crush on her. And yeah, um, yeah, like uh, they had a couple of kind of almost romantic scenes, and I was like, are they doing that on purpose? And, and it was kind of like weirded out. And then once they once it all unfolded, I was like, that was very good because he had that other kind of fling with the relic hunter there. Uh, so that was all interesting. I think George was probably I like the balance of you have Lockwood and Lucy who are kind of the your typical YA beautiful protagonists in love and then I really liked the how different George was like just even the character's mannerisms like he was very like hunched over and like whirly almost and just like he just felt he was a good uh, physical actor and just brought a real good personality to that character I really liked it yeah I think uh, George is definitely a little bit different than he was in the book but I think they I think they brought a lot to his character and brought a quirkiness to him um, that wasn't just about him being crusty or dumpy or whatever else like that it was more about his personality and his quirks and his sensitivity and feeling kind of left out uh, of the group at times i actually thought they might he might become a villain at some point because because of how uh antagonistic he was initially but obviously that i don't think that's going to happen now that they've kind of reconciled but i wasn't sure where quite where that was going one of the things i think they've touched on is so Lockwood is has a little bit of a of an ego and that comes through in in the books uh, but I but I think they played on that you know the pitfalls of his ego and him you know he, he never has an ego in sort of like a, a not super overly narcissistic way but it just mm. but like it his ego does get him in trouble and, and they again they kind of amplify that and how he makes some particular sort of mishaps and mistakes because of his desire to want to be the biggest and best firm and among the ghost hunting firms etc so i thought that was really interesting another thing jen i'm curious what you think is to me the romantic element between Lucy and Lockwood, I don't want to say it was almost non-existent in the story, but it was very, very subtextual and very slow burn and very, uh, you know, even you know, at the conclusion of the book series, it's only just kind of starting to kind of break the surface a little bit. And they didn't push this to like CW levels where it's like, you know, big, massive makeout scenes mm. and everything else. It's still a very much a slow burn relationship, but I... They do, they do, they did up it in an interesting way, but it's still not, you know, it's still not like one of the predominant elements of the show. And the fact that they didn't sort of just lean into making that really, right, yeah, uh, making the have. potential relationship between those two the focal point of the show. I agree. I think that when Lockwood was a little jealous when Kips had asked Lucy to go for coffee when he mm-hmm. found out and he had said, I saw you talking to him, and it was definitely a little bit of jealousy there. I think that has to do with how they really matured from the book series into the television Mm. show. Like, I think that they really adapted that for a little bit of an older audience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did, I thought it was very well done. You're right. It was subtle. It wasn't over the top, but it definitely elevated that romantic kind (laughs) of relationship between the two of them. I liked it. I thought they did a great job with it. I know you're familiar with Joe Cornish and um, I know Attack the Block and a couple of other things he's done so i think he was a great choice for this what's your thoughts on just the overall production and special effects oh yeah i was overall very impressed with uh i mean these net a lot of these netflix or streaming shows in general can be kind of hit or miss but this had a lot of really great cinematography and the effects were serviceable for the most part uh, they're not really going for like a super realistic look with the ghosts like obviously they're not like cartoons but they're a little bit more like ghostbusters where they're kind of wispy physical entities as opposed to 
like invisible, totally invisible, or like uh, uh, apparition. I guess they are technically apparitions, but they're a little bit more fantastic. Uh, so I, I, so the way they did that was really cool. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I, I really like the music. You had mentioned that you didn't like some of the music choices they made for some battles, which were a little bit more. They like some of the fight scenes had like fun, like upbeat rock music, almost like a Scooby Doo chase scene kind of thing. I like that, but you said you you weren't. A no, I, fan of it. I I would say initially it struck me. I love the soundtrack. Basically, a lot of like '80s new wave mm. kind of music, and so I think it fit the mood of the show very well. There were times, like during fight scenes and stuff like that, where I expected a more kind of dramatic orchestral, like tense right. type of music might take over, and it seemed a little jarring to just have you know the Cure playing in the mm. background of a, of a sword fight. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it grew it grew on me. I mean, I definitely love the the soundtrack, but yeah, there were some moments where I was like, huh, that's an interesting choice of music for what's going on on the screen. Yeah, I really can't say that there's anything I really disliked about it to be honest i, I loved it uh it wasn't is there anything that you guys would have didn't like or changes from the book that you didn't like or no overall i thought they just did a tremendous job and usually when you know talking about star wars marvel stuff you know there's lots of lots of nitpicks uh this was one that uh i thought just really nailed it mm. overall i have to agree of a show and just being you know a supernatural one of the things i would say i mean there's so many uh, of these kind of you know supernatural YA type shows, and what I would say as a compliment to this show is that it doesn't lean into that sort of mm. CW ish kind right, of yeah. thing. It, it just it has a, a quality to it that I think rises above the typical teen show that you you'll see on cable and on a lot of streaming yeah, on channels, a lot of streaming too. channels as well. Yeah. Um, it ends on kind of a cliffhanger. Mm. Um, I really hope that we can get some resolution to that. Have we heard anything about season two? Or I think that's part of the reason why I definitely wanted to do a, a whole episode on this show mm. is because I'm telling everyone I can about the show, and I so so want a season two. I want a, a season, however many seasons they need right. to adapt the whole book series. But it was that good. I mean, honestly, even just waiting for this one to come out for season one it was like waiting for Christmas morning mm. <laughs> for us that read the books we couldn't wait to see what they were going to do and they delivered they did a fantastic job it seems like most of the time when Netflix cancels a new show like that it's like a week after it comes out like right. that's what it seems like Archive 81 Cowboy Bebop all of those were canceled like almost immediately after they had been released whereas the shows that do get renewed I think you go a little bit longer without hearing anything. So I think that's a good sign that we haven't heard any cancellation news yet. No, and it, it definitely, I mean, it, it was doing great numbers. It did initially really, really good in the, in the States too. Hmm. Uh, but then internationally, it, it, I know it remained number one for quite a bit of time. Uh, and, you know, I've certainly watched it. Uh, I've watched it three times all the way through. I'll probably watch it again uh, sometime soon. So hopefully, I mean, it. Uh, but it almost feels like a show has to like, hit like Stranger Things level mm. or even like, you know, Wednesday, which also was was very good, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that we'll do a whole episode on that, but Wednesday with Jenna Ortega was definitely a very good show. But it almost has to hit with that kind of impact to get renewed by Netflix right, these yeah. days. But this seems to have done very, very well. So just really hoping that it gets renewed. And if you haven't seen it, Absolutely. Tune in, watch it. <laughs> if you like, uh, if you're if you read YA, 
or your kids read YA, absolutely get them this book series. It's uh, to me, like I said, to me, it's up there with you know some of the iconic YA YA series of the last twenty five years, and it was just a really great adaption. And as someone who hasn't read the book, which I'm sure a lot of people going into this haven't read the book, I, I think it was great for newcomers too. There, I mean it feels like you're thrown in a little bit and there's not like, I'm sure with the books you have time to go off on asides to explain certain things. So it might feel like there's a lot being thrown at you, but I still think it's a good, uh, it's not too much for, or it's not going to totally go over your head if, if you haven't read the book. So I think it was very successful in that way as well. Definitely. If you haven't read the books, don't shy away from watching the show. You can read the books later. Yeah, and there's a, yeah, there's there'll be there'll be surprises and Easter eggs for you in the books if you do the show first, and and vice versa. So all in all, two, four, six, very enthusiastic thumbs up for Lock and mm. And so that's probably about a wrap for this episode. And we will be back again. I don't know what's next on the docket. I guess Guardians, Guardians is coming up. Unless something else comes up. I know we so do want to see and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons yeah, is coming out. That looks good. I'm hearing good things about that. So we'll see what will be on the docket uh, for us in the next few weeks or so. Uh, but thanks for listening. And hit those likes and subscribes and make any comments that you can mm. make. Uh, that's always helpful for us as we work our way through these episodes. And uh, we'll see you the next time around. See you on the next one, guys.